Welcome everyone to the last video store clerks podcast with Frank and Scott. The days of blockbuster Hollywood and the independent video store are over. But searching the shelves for that special overlooked movie will never end. The one that really sticks with you forever. Let's drown ourselves in a sea of streaming services and ask the question, what the fuck is that? Does this hold up? And just what the hell is a good movie anyway? I'm Frank Roll. I'm Scott Moran. And we're the last video store clerks. <laughs> I even went to sleep at 10.30 on a Monday or Tuesday night. I went to sleep at like 1.30 once. Good job. <laughs> the fuck? It's real progress. And what that means is I went to bed then. You didn't go to sleep and until 2.30. I read 2:30. for an undetermined period yeah. of time. Probably got sleepy too, dozed off 2.33. Yes, maybe. I was out. People were texting me about shit. I was like, no. And then I laid there. Oh, I tried to watch Skinamarink. That was the movie we were going to do this week. We were going to do Skinamarink. I never got a chance to to give it a go. Yeah, let's, yeah. just Frank called me. He, <laughs> he called me to be like, I don't want to watch this. This was his idea. <laughs> Look, you're saying that you called it. I was pretty goddamn sure that I was not going to enjoy that movie. There's no fucking way I could get Kelly to watch it with me. Yeah. And uh, I, I struggled with it, but I gave you the pre-call because I wanted to save you the pain. I mean, I'm a fucking weirdo, and I want to watch some weird shit sometimes. Yeah. Wasn't super into Mandy, but I liked the beginning, and I liked the end of it. The middle, I could take a nap. I don't, did I do Mandy? I don't know. Is the Nicolas Cage? I know, yeah. Because I know I did Pig, and I did the, uh, oh, my Willy's point, Wonderland. My point was, I made my wife watch it. We were still dating at the time, I think. But uh, I won't do that to her again. I never did watch Mandy, I don't think. You might give it a go. I know. I should. It's not for everybody. A shocking amount of people told me it was amazing, and that is not. I do, I do not agree. I'll put money on it that it's better than Willy's Wonderland. Maybe. I wasn't as impressed as everyone else. I liked it okay. But that guy's other movie, I didn't like that one either. What was his other movie? Uh, it was like Black Rainbow or something like oh. that. It's kind of psychotronic. Mm. But I did watch... Infinity Pool, which had that sort of quality to it. I fucking loved that movie. It's gross and kind of hot. It was erotic and disturbing and really fucking well acted. I loved it. Had one of the best sex scenes I've seen in a movie in recent memory. Was Mia Goth involved? Yeah. She's really found her niche. I like her. I like She's her found her niche. She's scary, too. Man, I mean, the first thing I really noticed her in was what was Cure for Wellness. That didn't dawn on me that that was her. I watched Nymphomaniac because I like to torture myself with watching Lars von Trier movies. I know I'm not going to like. I don't know. I still think X was the first time I fully noticed her being there. See, it took me a long time to I think, watch if anything, X. it was just me being like, that girl has no eyebrows. Reminds me, though, need to do Pearl. Still need to do Pearl. Yeah, it's still for rent for $5.99. Did you watch it? I haven't watched it yet. I was waiting for it to go down, and then I paid $10 because it was my fucking birthday to watch Infinity Pool. And it was worth 10 bucks. Yeah. So, totally great. No, want to do Infinity Pool like that. Uh, what else? Uh, did something Chuli's Gum? Yes, I watched Clerks 3, <laughs> which I recommend. I mean, Clerks was the reason I wanted to be a video store clerk mm -hmm. when I was younger. So people hate on Kevin Smith, but I like him. He's been with me the whole time. That movie was, when I watched it when I was young, I understood the what quality of his movies has slipped back to where it started. And maybe that's the point. It's weird seeing those dudes so old. It was nice to finish the story. Oh, did they finish it? Yeah, it's over. It's, okay. That's the end of the story. So it's worth watching if you want to. But honestly, it's fucking sad, dude. It's a sad movie. 
Suzanne. <laughs> I wish that it had a little more silliness in it. It was too much character oh. uh, ending kind of stuff. And I was like, fuck, man, I wanted it to be funny. I wanted it to be way funnier than this. I only saw Clerks 2 once. Clerks 2 was just straight up funny. I think I need to do a marathon and see how I feel about it. That might be the way to do it. In Clerks 3, I will say, they make Clerks 1. So that's like where the story goes. Is Randall is like, I could make a fucking movie. Fuck, man. Spoiler alert. I mean, that's the entire <laughs> plot of the movie. Suzanne. Uh, uh, you, you don't come through a Kevin Smith movie like that for anything but dialogue. I wish that it was a little more, a little Wild. less heartfelt and a little more toothy, you know? Yeah. When I watch Kevin Smith, I want a toothy blowjob, you know? Lots of raking. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Yeah. Uh, so anything else? Yes. Uh, History of the World. I haven't watched the last two episodes of it. History of the World Part 2. Yeah. The, I great. read about that. It's fucking great, dude. Cool. It's exactly what it would have been. Mel everything, Brooks does ev- the narration and everything. Sweet. Yeah. Everything that I read said they did it right. Nick Kroll is a show stealer. Really? He does that like over pronunciation of words. Jack Black's in it. Uh, Wanda Sykes. Ike. The guy from Mad TV, he seemed instrumental in making oh, it a thing. He's uh, in almost all of the sketches. Okay. I, I wish I could remember his last name. I wish that I'd watched something this week. I went to sleep watching World War II in color because I'm 70. and There's lots of cameos in that one and same thing, you know? Wait, <laughs> World War II in color? No, no, no. <laughs> the history of the World War II. Okay. Will Sasso. Yay. Yeah, right? <laughs> I knew you'd get happy about that. I like him. I do, too. He's a good guy. And he was in X-Files. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so was Jack Black. And Dave Grohl. And Ryan Reynolds. Seth Green. Mm-hmm. Giovanni Ribisi. Ribisi? Ribisi. Seth Rogen's also makes an appearance in History of the World. Oh, really? Yeah. There's a lot of people in it. <laughs> like, like so many. I saw an interview with him, and it was somebody asking him, like, oh, do you feel bad about not having kids? And I felt like, I don't know, there were a lot more Seth Rogen laughs than normal. I would like to rub in a little further that you quit on Skin of a Rink. I, I like that. Oh, no. Okay. Gl- you doubled back. Thank you. Pull those curtains, actually. It's going to be a show. In case we get some road noise. We don't want anyone to see our butts. We do this pantsless. No, Skin of a Rink. Yeah. I, uh... Not my flavor. Somebody out there is probably looking for a good art piece, and they're like, wow, this is amazing. Well, I think you really wanted to believe that that was a found footage movie. Not even a found footage, just a handheld. Because, again, with the marketing. Want to go back to Shadow in the Cloud. Well, that's the thing, was the fucking marketing for that movie was nothing. And that's what I said when you sent me the trailer that first time. You were like, no, look at this. And I was like, I mean, that's nothing. That's a bunch of shitty camera shots of nothing. I guess the music's scary. Look, I'll go back to Alien Abduction. That's a handheld found footage. It was God, scared. It scared me at times. And when it, it I read looked the, awful. When I read the plot of it, that it mm-hmm. was like two kids that wake up alone in a house. I was like, this isn't any kind of like, there's a person filming. No, man. I made it 20, 30 minutes. I was like, just turn it off. Talk to Scott tomorrow. Um, but in that like 10 minute grace, you know, 10 minute gap. If it was another movie, I would have been like, you're going to fucking watch it. And then like, just watched it anyway. But that one, I was like already walking around being like, I don't want to watch this fucking movie. Well, and then could you hear the disappointment in my voice? Like I was, I was kind of having a down day. I called you at lunch because part of me was like, no. And that's what I said. Maybe we should watch it just to talk about how we feel. But I was like, or I could just save us an hour and a half. And you did, and I'm really glad you did, because despite the fact that I only had 24 hours to prepare for this episode, switching to watching Near Dark was... Genius. Great. 
because I obsessed over it for a whole day, which I can do with things I haven't watched since I was a kid. I hadn't seen it since, but I knew I'd seen it as a child. I think I was probably 13 last time I saw this movie. Oh, well, man, I was probably between like five and six the first time I saw it and the last time. Like I said, I had HBO Cinemax in my room at like three when I didn't even know what that was. So by the time I'm five watching TV, I had HBO and Cinemax. So that was on about that time. I was five and 89. At some point there it was on HBO or Cinemax and I watched it a couple times. The opening scenes, it just all came back. I was like, oh no. And I, I remembered things that were going to happen before they happened. I did want to say though, as a child, I don't think I realized they were vampires. You I know, just thought they were monsters. Well, I would like to point out right at the top, they never said vampire. Not this entire movie. They didn't. And they don't have pointy teeth. Lance Henderson's gun has a cross on it. Did you see how he grabbed the hotel room key, though? I think it was because it was in the sunlight. But, I mean, his hand was still exposed. I was like, why would he grab the key with a towel? And then I was like, oh, the key was silver. Oh, maybe. I thought it was just because the sunlight was hitting just the counter. Well, I I could go for that, but I don't feel like it was a drape over his hand. I felt like it was a... I thought it was coming from this direction, and he just kind of used it to shield that side of his hand. Oh, no, he definitely did a pinch, I want to say. A thumb pincher. He was using it more like oven mitt status. Maybe. I think you're reading more into it than there was. Man, I don't know. I was into this movie. I love this movie. I forgot how much I like this movie. This was a great movie. It was a great movie. For an 80s horror movie, a couple continuity things, but it's going to happen. I wrote them down, too. I didn't, because I'm like, it's fine. Well, I watched this twice. I watched it once, and then I watched it with the commentary I found on YouTube. Mm. So I played it on my phone at the same time wow i didn't get a whole lot i didn't get from reading from her though Hmm. other than her feelings about certain things or like the way something looked and it was a lot of praising other people i like her first two movies a lot this is an underwatched movie people don't talk about it very often this should be one of those cult classics that way more people talk about absolutely this movie was fun i'm sure many people feel that way Mm -hmm. but i just If you're a little younger or you weren't like maybe a teenager or something and into movies at that time, I don't know if... Even that title, Near Dark? This should have been a more widely recognized film. It should be on a lot more lists. You know, all the everybody does the lists now. Yeah, and I feel like Strange Days is on there. Like, people are blown away by Strange Days. Yeah, and I... That was early. Was that 95 or 93? It's like 93, I want to say. 93, 95, somewhere in there, I believe in... Yeah, did that one do well in the box office? Strange Days? Yeah. I don't know. It did well for me. It made a huge impression on me mm-hmm. as far as a sci-fi movie goes. And uh, th- a fear of the year 2000. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty desolate. Things were pretty dark. Again, I watched that way too. I was probably 10. Yeah, me too. 10, that, 11. that one has a really uncomfortable rape scene. Yeah. Oh, and that's like he makes her watch, right? Terrifying, or yes. he makes her feel yeah, he it. makes her feel his feelings. Well, yeah, it's fucked up. That's hardcore. Near dark, there wasn't a scene like that. No, no, not at all. You know, this was kind of classic, classic stuff. It was. <laughs> Near dark is the classic story of boy meets girl, girl turns boy into a vampire. Boy has to choose between his new vampire family and his human life classic i mean this is i don't want to compare it to twilight (laughs) this is like more on that later this is a real vampire bonnie and clyde love story all right but not he's no clyde sorry take it back (laughs) (laughs) she's a little bonnie she's got a sprinkle of bonnie anyway 
In this case, Caleb, a farm boy veterinarian's son, falls at first sight for the drifter girl May. Losing track of time, May freaks out and Caleb races her home, but then stops to pressure her into kissing him. May makes out with him, but then bites him and runs off. Rather than driving home, Caleb limps through the farmlands, nearly burning to death in the rising sun, before being scooped up by May's family in an RV containing half the cast of aliens. True story, like a trio of them. They agree to give him a week to learn to hunt and gain their trust, but Caleb's unwillingness to kill endangers the group when he lets a potential meal go. Uh, that guy was in a lot of stuff, too. Uh, this tips off the police, culminating in a shootout. Caleb risks his life helping the clan escape, but the violence leaves a trail that allows Caleb's father and kid sister to catch up. His family in danger, he is forced to choose between his new life and his old, and May is forced to choose between eternity and Caleb's family. Near Dark came out in 1987, just two months after Lost Boys, and I would put them similar categories which is why you may have never heard of this movie because that was immensely popular two months before that means they were like neck and neck but i would say they were a similar type of movie they were as much as lost boys is a staple of our lives this movie should have been right there with it yes it definitely should have been. it should have been right there with it as many times as, I, as i've watched lost boys whether it be on cable tv on dvd you know like <laughs> vhs I would have loved to have seen this movie as many times as I've seen Lost Boys. Directed by Catherine Bigelow, who also co-wrote the movie with Eric Redd. I think he later wrote Undertow with her as mm. well. Did you ever see that movie? Mm -mm. Okay. Bigelow set out to make a Western, but at the time, the two found it difficult to find financial backing, so they decided to combine the Western idea with vampires. James Cameron, who Bigelow later married and divorced, suggested that she... It's probably because of Avatar. Suggested <laughs> she... <laughs> he uses his, his existing ensemble from Aliens. The cast features Adrian Pastar as Caleb, Jenny Wright as May, Lance Hendrickson as Jesse, Bill Paxton as Severin, Jeanette Goldstein as Diamondback, Joshua John Miller as Homer, with Paxton, Goldstein, and Hendricks, of course, all peering an alien together. Aliens. Aliens together. Just a year earlier. The part of Jesse was originally offered to Michael Bean, but he passed... Because he said he found the script confusing. What did you find confusing about this? So that's why I picked um, Robert Patrick over Michael Bean for your cameo gift that time. But you didn't get me Robert Patrick. Oh! He's so Eric Roberts. Eric Roberts, sorry. <laughs> it was way weirder than that. Where did I get that. Robert Patrick? <laughs> it was way weirder yeah, than that. That's why I got you If it was Eric Robert Roberts. Patrick, I would have freaked the fuck out. Okay, so I got you Eric Roberts instead of Michael Bean just because Michael Bean didn't seem that into it. And he just... So Eric Roberts is like wine, like a fine wine. He was he, a very he, warm person. Well, did you see him? Yes. He had his little. He was talking to me. He was talking to you. He in his, my office. Yeah, he got a little. He was in a cozy spot in his chair. He was talking to you. Michael Bean would have been like this, just like in every like example video. Imagine like just lean back in the sofa bed with the readers down to the tip of the nose, like, and then like the sixty year old on Facetime thing where you just see the you know from the nose past their forehead. Love, Dad. Yeah. That's Michael Bean on Cameo. Sorry, I love you. You're in some good shit. But damn, man, look at Eric Roberts' videos. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. James Cameron is also in this movie as the guy who flips Severin off while he's hitchhiking. He drives by in a car and flips him off. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. This is according to Bill Paxton. I watched the movie twice. I couldn't see James Cameron. Okay, so this is when Bill Paxton is hitchhiking? Mm -hmm. Before he gets in the truck with the two chicks? Yes. Did anybody else even drive by before the two chicks? I think it's one guy drives by and flips him off. No way. I don't remember that. Anyway, my bad. But I was looking for it the second time and I couldn't see him. So I missed Monster Maybe Penis. Maybe he just drove by and flipped Bill Paxton off 
And it's not actually in the movie. Bill Paxton just Bill remembered Paxton it. was just like that motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, dude, they were tight. They went in submarines together. Yeah, he put him in True Lies. Ass like a nine-year-old boy. <laughs> Bill Paxton's finest role. <sighs> Although this is a close second. This movie is also the 10th movie scored by Tangerine Dream. And I remember Tangerine Dream all through my childhood. Hmm. Almost as much as Danny Elfman was later. But uh, if you're old like us, Tangerine Dream scored Legend, Risky Business, Firestarter, The Keep. Did you ever see The Keep? Not The Gate. Steven no. Dorf. Is it another demon movie? Yes. Maybe yeah, it's another demon comes through from the other side. A portal. Mm-hmm. If you're younger, Tangerine Dream scored Grand Theft Auto Five, and they're also like the inspiration for Stranger Things and every fucking other movie that has that goblin Tangerine Dream sound to it. That's real in, which I love it. Mm-hmm. Keep doing it. Throwback. I like the synthesizer horror music. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, John Carpenter, <laughs> for that. Oh, oh, one more thing. Yeah, Near Dark was slated to be remade around 2008. But it was canceled due to Twilight already ripping off the fucking story. Except they have baseball. God, the song that plays during that scene. <laughs> you know, I've only seen the first Twilight movie, and I literally watched it because somebody was like, yeah, dude, they play fucking baseball in it. <laughs> and I was like, I've never seen that. It's not time I'll get back. It's like when he catches her scent in the classroom, and he's like... <sighs> <laughs> I liked the Alamo Drafts house, like, cut-togethers they used to put at the beginning of movies (laughs) of it better. Like any vampire movie. You know, one of my favorite older ones, and if you listen to our shit, you've probably watched it Once Bitten, one of Jim Carrey's first movies. You know what's weird is the cinematographer for this movie did Once Bitten. No way. Yeah. Fuck yeah. I'm telling you, I deep dove into this one. I I read as much about it as I could, because these old movies, I can really do it. Well, and for the quality in this 80s horror movie, damn. Damn, Gina, this movie was good. It was beautiful. It was a beautiful looking movie. The smoky 80s lighting is Mm -hmm. so good in this. It took me back. And it's also another confirmation that I'm old because looking at all their pictures on IMDb now and then watching them so young and fresh in that movie, I was like, fuck. Oh, and I love Bill Paxton. I miss him so much. Man, who knows what else he could have done? He was in so much shit. He's like fucking metal Tom Hanks. Like, he would have been doing those old guy roles Tom mm-hmm. Hanks is doing, but they'd have teeth. Got fucking Edge of Tomorrow. It's like the most Bill Paxton thing <laughs> that ever happened was that drill sergeant. <laughs> I fucking love that guy. I'm not as interested in this Edge of Tomorrow sequel as I am. I would have been if you had been like, oh, and Bill Paxton's in it. But doing that again. I love that shit. No, Bill Paxton had a great run. Like I said, I wish this movie had stayed in my life. I wish this would have been a more regular part of my life. I really respect this movie. This is right at the beginning of Bill Paxton, too. And he is so enthusiastic at this point in his career. Like those roles, fucking aliens and this, Mm -hmm. that's the most energy you ever see out of Bill Paxton. And then he gets a little more subtle. (laughs) But I liked that overacting time. He was the vampire that made being a vampire look cool in this. Mm-hmm. He was also the one that made it scary. And he was a little bit punk, a little bit country, a little rockabilly. Fun thing I noticed on accident, the guy looked familiar in the bar when he spills his drink in this movie. Yeah. Um, so Are you yeah. talking about uh, Robert Winley? Yeah. Same fucking dude that he steals his fucking leather jacket from two years later in Terminator 2. And fucking Bill Paxton gets his jacket stolen from him in the first movie. <laughs>
<laughs> found the fucking nexus point. Didn't yeah, you? exactly. Yeah, Arnold steals bills in Terminator One. When I was looking up stuff up about this movie, I was like, mm-hmm. "Why is this not the number one fucking fact about this movie?" <laughs> Like, I had to dig for that. No, as soon as I saw his face, I was like, why does he look familiar? And I made it. That's note. exactly what happened. I IMDb'd him immediately. And I was like, oh, my God, he's the fucking guy. His profile picture is the T-800. So good. It's so good. And just these kind of connections I like. Yeah, Despite because, the fact that like those two were married later and stuff like that. Well, and this but, movie is in between Terminator and Terminator 2. Terminator was 84. Terminator 2 was 90, 92, somewhere in there. 91, 92. Yeah, somewhere in their early yeah. 90s, but this 87, right in the middle. You can't miss that face. If you've seen Terminator 2 more than once, you'll recognize the guy. Same cinematographer, too, for mm-hmm. both those. T2 and... Terminator 1 and Terminator 2. Oh, okay, okay. Have the same cinematographer as... Uh, I'm okay. sorry, what's his name? I, I, I'm sure that I wrote that. Yeah, down. it's the second time you said cinematographer for this. Adam Greenberg. There you go. Like I knew what it was. <laughs> yeah, but I'm sure you would have seen his name... In the credits, a lot during your life. If you look up all the stuff he did, so much. <laughs> I do think when he tries to, when he basically is like forcing her to kiss him, because he doesn't think there's any stakes to it, and she's trying to get home before the sun rises, he wouldn't have been as good a character. Nobody in this has any sort of backstory or anything. There's no exposition in this entire movie. No telling you how vampirism works. Um, Jesse, Jesse mentions how old he is. He makes a Civil War reference. That's about it, though. That's about it. We don't get very much else. I mean, Severin is a, it's got to be a really old name. Well, yeah, and uh, creepy-ass Homer. That kid was creepy. Yeah, super old man. That was kind of the male Kirsten Dunst from Interview with a Vampire. Kind of <laughs> had that same vibe to it. Yeah. But no backstory, and we never got to see Homer as a child. I really like that, though. I like that they left... All of that out. Oh, yeah, I'm fine with it. There was no fat on this movie at all, which is something that's missing from every supernatural anything most of the time these days. Any, like, mainstream, big-budget movie about vampires, they have to tell you how it works and what their weaknesses are and stuff like that. This was kind of scarier. It was as dangerous as regular homeless people. (laughs) 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 We find some bump Carl Panzeram on a fucking train. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> not a not a lot of explanation. Yeah, that Homer kid was in River's Edge. Did you ever see R- River's Edge? No. Keanu Reeves? No. Oh, man, it's good. Dennis Hopper. Apparently, I saw, I read an article, interview with uh, Keanu. He was asked what his favorite movie was that he made, and instead of giving them a movie, he gave like a short list, and River's Edge was on that list. If you've never seen it, you should really watch it. It's one of Keanu's favorite movies. That was, <laughs> uh, that was one I watched when I started working at the video store, because somebody pointed at me and was like, you've never fucking seen that? Watch, it's going to be something else I saw when I was a kid, and I just don't remember what it, it was. It probably is, because yeah. that's what happened to me, was I watched it, and I was like, oh, fuck, I've seen this before. Mm-hmm. That happened to me with... Uh, Phenomena as well. <laughs> John Travolta? <Yeah. laughs> the same time I picked it up at the video store and I was like, what the fuck is this? Would I put you it in and I was like, oh my, my God, name. I've fucking seen this. <laughs> if I saw you in heaven. It was a weird time. Did Michael come out like a year later? Yeah, they were really close what to each other. What a fucking weird time. Kara Sedgwick was in Phenomena, right? I was, think so. Yeah. Somebody brought up singles to me. To, they were like, Do you ever, did you ever watch singles? I was like, I watch singles. Anyway, <laughs> I'm not against singles. The plainclothes cop in this too, Troy Him. Evans. Every he's one of those everything guys. Man. Weirdly, I can remember that guy's name for some reason, Mm-mm. even though he's not in that much stuff. He's just featured prominently as that guy. He's like a copper, like a dad. 
or a teacher, I feel like. Cop yeah. dad teacher. I think he's at the policeman's convention in Fear and Lone Las Vegas. <laughs> Bats. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, oh, but Homer, Joshua John Miller. Uh, he's a dick grabber. He is a dick grabber. He's a dick grabber right off the bat, man. It's one way to threaten a new guy. Grab, well, I mean, he's right there. Grab him by he's the right dick. right down there. Jason Patrick from Lost Boys is his half-brother. <laughs> no shit. Isn't that weird? Wow. Didn't see that guy in too much stuff after that. No, does I was going to say, did you? does he still do film? I don't think so. Made that 80s, 90s There is an left. adult picture of him on IMDb, so maybe he's mm. doing something. Something. Or he's in some documentaries about this movie. Well, I noticed a lot of this cast um, did a lot of TV after that. I mean, good for them. They made it in the TV world. Looks like, you know, they kept getting paid. Lance Hendrickson is uh, Frank Black, I mean. Prepared for this role by getting into costume and then driving from his house to the set all the way across the country, picking up fucking hitchhikers and pretending he was that character. Wow. That's like method acting on just, a whole other level. Yeah, he's picking people up trying to spook them. He had the long fingernails and everything already. The the rat tail. Imagine being like twacked out of your gourd in the 80s hitchhiking and this dude's tripping you out and you're like, you look like that fucking guy Bishop from Aliens. The guy from fucking Pumpkinhead picks you up. He's got a fucking <laughs> rat tail. And you're like, this can't be him. But I'm all twacked out sitting here in the seat. Can you get me to the club? <laughs> I'm not going to suck your dick, man. <laughs> not with that rat tail. Fucking Toby Maguire from fucking... <laughs> 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 oh, man. That's awesome, though. Way to go, Bishop. Damn. Yeah, that's hardcore method acting shit that you don't hear about Lance Hendrickson. But he doesn't talk a lot in this. He's just a presence. And he's kind of scary. Yeah, I mean, he fought for the South. Jeanette Goldstein. She's a woman of many faces. She fit that part really well. It's funny how you can, she's so... Uh, I thought she was Hispanic for much of my life. Me too. I mean, Vasquez, and she did it well. Like, I didn't think it was any sort of appropriation. Yeah, like, I think she I just, got like a really, really hardcore tan before she did that part. Well, I mean, she's also John Connor's stepmom. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's John Connor's stepmom, uh, Vasquez, and I, now this. Those are, like, I think top three for me. And then her pick on IMDb, I wouldn't recognize her in the street, I don't think. I don't think I would recognize her. Not most of these people. Lance Hedrickson, for sure you would recognize, but... Caleb, I feel like I've, some of those shows that he's on, I feel like I've, like, skimmed through TV and, like... He was on his... Heroes. I think that's when he got okay, okay. the most kind of famous mm -hmm. as far as being being on a primetime nbc show because he's peter petrelli's brother <laughs> the senator i was late to the game on heroes and he then the whole fly. wasn't that during the writer strike heroes wasn't that one of the casualties uh i think heroes went to its completion but wasn't there the gap or, or yeah like there for sure was like something. that weird season of lost and we should cover the writer strike i feel like there hasn't there'll been be another one soon well, but there was like that one of that time. I feel like that was the most prominent writer strike that's been in our... I mean, Yeah, it was the one that affected us the most. It was at a time when TV was starting to get really good, too. Did Californication, was that part of what happened to Californication? But like Californication, it rolled right out of it. Yeah, but there was the, the gap. There was a gap where there was a year between... Threw me off from a lot of shows, because by the time I did hear it was back, I was like, oh, well, fuck, I'm doing this now. It's because you got to pay them fucking writers. They're the most important people on your fucking movie. You should have gone to that Battlestar thing with us. You could have talked to that showrunner for The Expanse. You would have had a ball. Oh, I, I would have 
love to nerd out with that guy. Yeah, we were talking to him. I've like, read all these books like fucking 10 times. Yeah, uh, he's like, yeah, no, I'm a showrunner for The Expanse. And as soon as he ha- said that, I was like, Scott should be here. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no, I, I can't say enough good things about this movie. Sorry if I sound like I'm on repeat, but man, it, it hit that nostalgia spot. I believe it's a well done movie. I, you know, the couple continuity things, but then nothing for an 80s horror movie. Normally, you know, you see the dummy in the the transition scene or like strings or some gimpy explosion. Sorry, am I allowed to say gimpy? Is that not appropriate (laughs) anymore? There was a daylight problem when uh, at the hotel when the dad and the daughter show up. So it was like dark when they went into the hotel Mm -hmm. and then. Maybe a minute or two later, they leave the hotel and it's broad fucking daylight. And that's how they get out. It was just a convenient... Well, yeah, and they even said, what are you doing up at 5 a.m.? So they, they, they I think it they the put dialogue. it close enough to where they were like, this is how we're going to cover this. God, I didn't even have that in my notes. I just remembered he said that. Can I... So in that hotel room, there at the end, my one of my favorite lines in the movie... Like Bill Paxton, like you guys are up late. We keep odd hours, <laughs> and he just says it like without skipping a beat, man. Just like we keep odd hours. I was like, fuck, was that in the script or was that improv? The scene in the bar where he takes the guy's sunglasses off, mm-hmm. and then he says like, I hate when they're not shaved. Yeah, it, that's an improvised line. Was it? Yeah, because he was going in and he saw the guy's stubble, and so he just. But uh, that's what Catherine Bigelow said in cool. her commentary. He just did it. He took yeah. the guy's sunglasses off in the middle of it and put them on his face. Well, damn it. Like I said, I didn't keep notes because I wasn't trying to focus on that. But, you know, you mentioned I didn't catch that one. This was harder to take notes of, which is why I kind of deep dove into it the next day. It was because when I watched it, I was like, I just want to watch this movie. I don't want to be trying to pick it apart. Yeah, I mean, uh, these these vampires couldn't shoot for shit. These were like the worst shooting vampires I've ever seen in a movie in my life. I mean, they've had years to learn. They should. They didn't have the the, <laughs> the, the limit the... tap dance on him. <laughs> I think my favorite line in the movie was Lance Hedrickson. Not gonna look so good. Your face ripped off. <laughs> That's the, the <laughs> it was like the way he said it. <laughs> and then did they even show those guys getting killed? No, I think that was just them going out and getting food. Yeah, so like they didn't the need thing. to. Yeah, but the... he, she fed, and then he fed off her, which is how he learns to crash a truck later. <laughs> also, thought that was a nice touch that they threw that in there. Yeah, I was like, why would he be explaining this right now? This is not need to know information. Then I was like, oh right, because of the fucking truck scene. Later. Well, I thought it was just filler for the uh, tension building of is he gonna do it? Can he get the courage to kill? Yeah, probably not while driving. Yeah, but it is a lot. You know what? How many gears do those trucks have? Like fucking 18, 20, Some 16. crazy amount. Yeah. And then the air brakes. Yeah, that's a real thing. I watched a heavy recovery show for a little bit <laughs> on Discovery or TLC. I learned a little bit about tractor trailers. I love that bar sequence, though. That's burned in my brain from childhood. See, there was a lot of the RV, the smoking with the blankets and the sunlight. That was the stuff that was bringing scenes back for me. I found mixed information about like some places were calling it smoke machines inside their jacket. Mm-hmm. Apparently, one of the accounts of it was that they had a bunch of tubes and they stuffed lit cigars in them. Oh. And he was running with lit cigars, with lit cigars inside in his tubes. jacket. Yeah, in the that opening scene where he's running back to the farm for no or drive home. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I thought he was following her at first, and then maybe he was like, "Oh fuck, I'm dying." <laughs> left turn home 
Yeah, maybe there was like a hallucinogenic property in the bite. I also was like, this guy just has the stuff to give a blood transfusion. And Kelly was like, he's a veterinarian. Yeah, my notes were like, his dad, the vet, can cure vampirism. Simple blood transfusion? transfusion? That was the big complaint with the reviews when this movie came out, was that that was a cheap, inconvenient out. out. The defense of that is it's mentioned in Bram Stoker's Dracula being maybe possible. In the a book. simple transfusion? You could maybe do a transfusion before they had gone all the way over, before they fed. Okay. Oh, because he never actually... Well... But that's putting more exposition into this than it had. What made this so good was and its exactly, lack there of was enough. There was enough greatness to... I could, uh, I could easily overlook any little issue my OCD brain had with this. You know what I mean? And the real Bill Paxton boss fight was fucking amazing. <laughs> I remembered that. And when he picks up the spur, that was one of those moments like took me right back to watching it on the waterbed. You know what I mean? <laughs> on the waterbed? Yeah, the, there was a waterbed in my dad's room. So when I'd watch HBO in his room, I was on a waterbed It's the most time-appropriate thing for this movie, too. Yeah, man. I watched... You my know, parents had a waterbed, too. Back when I saw Fright Night, the original Fright Night for the first time, I watched it on the waterbed. Half the times I saw the Predator, probably first time I saw the Predator, sitting at the end of a waterbed. I remember the first time I was actually allowed to sleep in a waterbed that somebody had. Mm -hmm. I was like, this is awful. Yeah, I was not, I think I was nine or ten, and you know every now and then like you'd pass out in their afternoon or something in your parents' room. I had gotten like my first back pain from sleeping because of a waterbed at like elementary school age. <laughs> it's not comfortable. No, it was totally just a We had trend. a friend who had one in high school. My mom and stepdad had one for just years and i well, think eventually they got rid of the water part and just stuck a mattress inside the frame the frame well i mean it's a disaster in your home waiting to happen although if it hadn't happened to Mulder, they would still be stuck in that groundhog day <laughs> i don't know man i'm pretty sure my dad's waterbed had like fucking inner tube patches on the fucking waterbed itself. oh they were all patched for sure uh clean it change the water every now and then or something and it was like this big fucking ordeal garden hose running out the fucking sliding glass door no those things were a pain in the ass god that waterbed another continuity error i saw was when they have the shootout with the police at that first hotel mm -hmm. after they let james lagrosse go mm -hmm. oh yeah by the way james lagrosse is in this fucking movie i was like that guy looks so fucking familiar he's like a baby face it's fucking Macbeth, man did you ever, did you ever watch scotland pa no Oh my god, it's so good. But that guy's been in a ton of shit. Oh, so much stuff. He's, he's a, a he's a face changer too. Looks completely different with facial hair. Looks skinnier. Yeah, he can look like a, a he'll little, get little a little bigger. chubbier yeah, sometimes. Yeah. He's a good one. You know, he's gonna be like your boy from uh what's that guy we always talk uh Demon Knight. What's that guy? Rats rats <laughs> rats William Sadler. William Sadler's better. I'm sorry. I one, no, but he is William one of those Sadler. guys where I'm like, it's fucking Macbeth. Yeah. That's how I always know He's him. like a William Sadler, but not that level of status. I love Scotland, PA. It's Macbeth in a fast food joint mm -hmm. with Christopher Walken is like the police detective that comes to investigate all the murders. This guy's <laughs> I'm, like trying to like his like empire of McDonald's. You know, <laughs> I've just never seen it. Macbeth's. I mean, I, kn I know about it. I just I've never seen it. It's great. It's It's a really good one. It's one of those like. Wonder Boys Sleeper, amazing. And it's a Shakespeare adaptation, so it's, it's just good. Oh, but my point was, when they had that shootout, I noticed he has the bullet holes in his leg way before he gets shot. 
And then they do it again with the blood spurting out, but you can see the bullet holes the second he leaves the, the so hotel room. So when Jesse's dad got, I mean, when Jesse shot Caleb's dad in the hotel room, mm -hmm. was that one already in Lance Henriksen's chest as well? Ah, oh, when her, the dad shoots him yeah. and he spits the bullet out? Yeah. I, I meant to rewind it and I didn't, but as soon as you said that, I was like, shit, I should have fucking hit rewind and checked it out. I had a feeling because he did it, but I swear I didn't see anything, and, but it was there. It may have happened twice, man. And that one's like... Yeah, there's some continuity errors with those hotel scenes. <clears throat> with the hotel scenes. Man, I, okay, so you got into them. I found... A, well, one of them, they steal the used car from the lot, right? After they kidnap uh, Caleb because they need to switch up the ride. Did you notice how... Were they wearing blankets when they were driving daytime in that? Because that was already late night, and it showed them driving through the day in that vehicle. And so what? It's Jesse, Diamondback, Severin, May, Homer, and six people in this older SUV. <laughs> and uh, they never tinted the window. They didn't spray paint the window. They didn't foil the windows. And even in the cutscenes of them highway cruising, like I didn't see any blankets draped. Oh, I don't know. There was no explanation for it how It never they came up in my head. Because so. you know that RV was like... There was the little space you could see through. They yeah, had the like fucking goggles on. Yeah. Ah, and even at the end, panic mode and the other one, spray paint, spray paint, spray paint. They're like hurrying. They did it in like two different other, the van and that last car. All those car explosions would not have happened, but I liked it. I like to call it the Iron Eagle effect, magic bullets. Bullets yeah. make things explode. Also, that truck didn't jackknife. Jackknifing wouldn't have made it Blow explode. Up. Maybe what Bill Paxton did, ripping its guts out, might have. He looks so fucked up, too. That was gory. He did crazy Smiling very well. and being so happy. The man could do crazy. Fucking American treasure. And I feel like I didn't even know what we had while he was still here. Like, I need, I believe me, true lies, <laughs> everything. He took a picture with John F. Kennedy the day before he died. No way. Yeah. He was a little kid. There's a picture of Bill like, Paxton and John F. Kennedy. Like, not Junior, but like. He was JFK. like on his tour to Dallas. Because mm. Paxton's a Texan. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, when he was a little kid. And, you know, just so we say weird science. Sorry. Weird science. Had to. We, that's that's my first Paxton. Yeah, that was probably mine, too. Well, I know you're trying to dispute me on the stripes thing. <laughs> I mean, Chet is vintage Paxton. Technically, I would have seen him in stripes first, because I definitely watched stripes before I watched weird science. I still don't know if I can buy it. He's in there, man. It's not him. We'll dig deep. That man's so much uglier. It's crazy. <laughs> but I'm really glad that you shit out on Skinamarink because uh, this was great. I didn't feel like watching camera shots of the corner, top corners of rooms and conversations from other rooms and random fucking noises and supposed like. Would we have even be able to like talk about that movie for forty fucking minutes? You know. No, like I said, that would have been. A really mini episode of me being like, hated it. <laughs> I don't want to talk a lot of shit about it. There's people out there that are going to love that movie. And I mean, after power to your you. uh, endorsement, I couldn't even bring myself to try it today. I was going to try to watch it today or just put it on while I was working or something. Yeah. I mean, you know, you want to watch Artsy? Yeah, I don't know. Tree of Life kind of got me a couple years ago. Tree of Life was just a little much. I, I watched Melancholia. Um, yeah, Lars von Trier, Terrence Malick. Fuck you guys. It does things to my head. At least Aronofsky's eating babies, you know? 
I tried to start Mother again. I don't know if I could do that to myself again. It's uncomfortable. It's like black metal cat in the hat. It's so uncomfortable. Man. It's your I mean, worst nightmare is people come in your house, start rearranging your furniture and painting things. <laughs> <I don't>, <laughs> <laughs> Somebody comes in and breaks my magic rock. Um, so we didn't pick a movie hmm. exactly yet. I have some... So there's Beyond the Gates, which is on AMC+. Plus. Mm-hmm. So I don't know when your AMC Plus runs out. Mine runs out on the 22nd. So I- Somewhere around there uh, is something in the dirt on your list. Something in the dirt was the other one, and then uh, I keep trying to watch it. The one I told you about that had, or I showed you a trailer for it, and it was like they're growing the weird flowers, and it had the guy who played Q in. Uh, oh fuck yeah! What's that on? That's on Hulu. What is what is that called again? See, that's I should have written all these down. I left it blank at the end of that <laughs> thing because I meant to put it in before I. No, like if to, that's... To come down on something. Shit. But I do really want to watch Something in the Dirt, and I feel like that one's going to go away first. I feel like that's it, going it's away It's the soon. newest one, for sure. The Flowers one? If you have until the 22nd... At least. Then we have plenty of time to do the Gates movie uh-huh. as a final send-off for... Uh, AMC Plus. AMC Plus. Yeah, I'm over it. Hey, get the one-month subscription. <laughs> You'll see everything you want to see in one month. Yeah, it's going to be 10 movies or less that are really going to tickle your pickle. You can definitely knock it out in a month if you just commit. It's called Little Joe. Little Joe? Damn. I, I feel like that one's going to be around for a bit. But that one, we were both like watching the trailer. Yeah, no, I'm I'm more excited about that than Something in the Dirt, but I really do want to watch Something let's, in the Dirt. Let's do Something in the Dirt next week, and okay. then uh, we'll go ahead and move. I feel like Little Joe will be around. And we won't do... S- Hopefully we don't get skinnamarinked again. I don't think that's going to happen. It was painful. It was painful. <laughs> because I just kept hoping. Like, I was already out of it, and I'm like, you know, I'm going to take it easy. You were so it. optimistic about it. That was why I agreed to do it in the first place. Like, I was like, yeah, okay, let's do you, that. I, but I was like, I, I, it's not normal for me to be the pessimist. Well, and I'm always looking for the hidden gem. Like, I'm always just looking for that buried treasure. You know what I mean? I got a feeling from that trailer. I was just like, no, that's that's But something in the universe brought us to Near Dark, which was, I got to say again, just I felt good. After this movie, I was was like, I was re-energized. Like, this movie helped me. (laughs) This was kind (laughs) of what I needed. Yeah, Near Dark helped me because I'm like. This is an era of movies that makes me feel really good and safe. Even if they're horror movies. Like. Lost Boys makes me feel that way. Uh, the Frighteners makes me feel that way. Later, much later. Oh, okay. But like, it has that same sort of vibe where I'm like, I feel really good here <laughs> watching this. Uh, yeah. Frighteners, man. It's been a while. Uh, Big Trouble in Little China makes me feel that way. Yeah, that's one that gets me. Like, There's certain movies from that time that I watched when I was younger that just, they make me feel really good. And I forgot this was one of them. I definitely watched it multiple times as a very young child. Like, dude, this had to have been five to seven years old. I'm watching Near Dark, but I have not seen it. I'm 38. I'm 38. That's You could say I haven't seen this movie in 30 years. Since it came out. That's how you know we're old. I haven't seen this in 30 years. <laughs> and it's it was, it was just so... For me, it's been close. I think I was thir- 12, 13. I grew up with a just indie video store. There was no Blockbuster or anything around us, no chain video stores whatsoever. And then we had basic cable. So I got 
some basic cable movies, and then it was just whatever we rented. You could go to the the indie video store that my friend's parents ran, or you could go to the grocery store. Yeah. And that was not a better selection. But sometimes they had some random thing. When you were a kid, it was a cartoon, usually. Like, they had episodes of Ninja Turtles or some shit that the video store wouldn't bother having. Yeah, or you're like me, and you're like, oh, it's a baseball movie, and it's Mr. Baseball with <laughs> Tom Skerritt. No, not Tom Skerritt. Tom Selleck. Well, the upside to that was the indie video store where I grew up had a kick-ass horror selection. So when I was finally, my mom was like, yeah, fucking go for it. So I would rent movies with my grandparents from Bergstrom Air Force Base the air force bases uh video thing i think it was inside the px um post exchange it's like the store watch a lot of movies about submarines no they had that's where i rented uh <laughs> i made them rent me uh gremlins 2 from there that was my first time seeing gremlins that's 2 not too I, bad. I rented it from the air force base but also in the neighborhood in east austin we had a home video i got some good ones from a gas station in west virginia near mm. our house they had like a, three shelves yeah every now and then it was probably something somebody gave them yeah but it was like a buck to rent a movie, 99 cents or something like that. That works. And uh, they had just random shit. I think that's how I saw Legend the first time. Dude, there were still that was still going on late 90s, early 2000s. That didn't go away till right before the video stores did. The gas station rentals? Yeah, grocery store, gas yeah. station. Um, we went, uh, Especially in small town America. You weren't going to go all the way into a city where they put a blockbuster up. And they weren't going to put one up near fucking you. Yeah, you know what? I went skiing with my aunt. She took my sister and I... What was it? The year after senior year in high school, there was still video rentals at the grocery store in like near Breckenridge, Colorado. If you go to the beach, probably still grocery stores with videos for rent, like DVDs. Our honeymoon in Maui, the resort, had a red box that was not a red box. Oh, you've told me. Yeah, you. It was told, like I a luxury-looking red box, but it was n nowhere was there a red box brand. Just make your own red box. That's what they did. That's where I saw Central Intelligence. Oh, and uh. This little movie called Pop Star. Oh, God. That was the first time I saw it. You know, it. earlier Kelly was like, You guys should do Pop Star one day just <laughs> so you can just hey. brag on it to Frank. And I was like, I don't want to listen to a fucking quote the movie we just watched for fucking three hours. You know what, though? We're coming up on our one year anniversary. We are. We need a special. Pop Star? No. Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay. Twilight? This is why <laughs> Catherine Bigelow divorced James Cameron. Uh, it's probably for Titanic. Did you know that Seal was in Popstar? Oh, God. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for joining us for the Last Video Store Clerks podcast. Be sure to leave a rating and subscribe. You can find us on Twitter at Last Clerks, Instagram at The Last Video Store Clerks, and you can find Scott at dispatchesfromthepit.com.